Hello and welcome to the Divine Renovation Podcast, where we seek to inspire and equip you to bring your parish from maintenance to mission. My name is Dan O'Rourke, and midsummer we are living out the summer short series here at Divine Renovation. Today, join Rob Curry, Father James, and I as we have a conversation with Brent Dolfo on leadership. Enjoy. So it's it's great to have you alongside us, Brent. Now, Brent, you and Father James actually know each other. You guys go back a little bit of a, a little ways, don't you? So how did this? Well, <laughs> he facilitated a, a session with a small group of church leaders around our vision for Alpha, and he made me draw pictures. The picture we drew, if if people have watched some some of the talks that we've given around the development of Saint Benedict Parish, and the question was, what is your vision for Alpha in your church? And it's the famous uh, picture of the handle of the pump being an alpha Mm -hmm. symbol. The guy I was working with, we both had some insight into this. I said how alpha is pumping people from outside the church and from within the church into a discipleship process. We really had a a vision of alpha as primary tool to make, form, equip, and send disciples Mm -hmm. in a way that would impact the city of Halifax. And you've helped to facilitate that from from the very beginning. You have a real passion for coming along senior leaders and their organizations. But help me understand, why do you do some of the things that you do? I don't know if I would use the picture in the New Testament of more of a Barnabas coming alongside uh, high-capacity people and try to add value to help them uh, at times that they get stuck or need to figure out how to get around a, a particular corner. And I think the Father James and uh, my story kind of picks up on that. One day, uh, I got a call from a mutual friend of ours who had just met Father James. Father James was a bit overwhelmed with all the fruit and ministry that was happening and wanting to know, how do I survive all of this amazing thing God is doing. And, and our mutual friend, uh, John, said, let me send you Brent. I got to have a few days with Father James to say, Father James, what you're doing is not good. We've got to do it a different way if you're going to survive all the opportunities God's bringing your way. So it was an amazing time. I remember that very, very, very well. And it was a connection that, that ended up making a big difference. And you really challenged us to bring these two worlds together, the world of the media work we were doing and the, the traveling yes. and the speaking and the life of the parish. And if anything, that's exactly what Divine Renovation became. One of the things, Father James, you're really great at is you're always loving to live in the future and create and sometimes the things you created, you weren't wired. God didn't put in you to be a manager. And so to bring some people that could manage the things that you had started to create a complementary team, I think that's one of the key principles of a high-performing organizations. They have a complementary team that can really take the different pieces from design to implementation to management and do a good job with that. And I think that's one of the things that you were able to take some of those ideas and put a great team together that allowed that to happen. From what I understand, Brett, you, you're, you're so focused on leadership. How would you define leadership? There's different kinds of leaders. Really what we're talking about is what is a spiritual leader? Spiritual leaders actually spend time with God. They hear from God and they're able to bring that with them as they lead people. Rob, you're, you're one of the leaders at St. Benedict Parish. How do you understand your leadership in, in that space? I feel like I've been invested in by the culture at St. Benedict Parish. I really feel that's the way it's empowered me, you know, that I'm able to look at the people who I'm on team with or teams that I'm leading, and I'm able to move my mind from a kind of a hierarchical leadership mindset to a God-inspired group dynamic And one thing that's very much imbued in the culture of St. Benedict is what healthy leadership and healthy culture looks like. When I come at the idea of servant leadership, that's really where I live now. I understand my 
my job, my task is to is to serve the mission. Brent, when you step into a relationship with a church that that's looking for for your help, what are some of the things that you you really want to speak into around leadership when you start with them? So I want to know what is in the heart of the leader. What has God put in there that they're trying to get out? And let's uh, imagine what it would be like five years from now if all the things God put on your heart could come true. And let's work towards how would we get that done? One of the things that I've discovered in a local church context is there's a lack of focus on reproduction of spiritual leaders. If people can uh, begin to imagine that I have a limited time in the role that I have, I work with you over the lifetime of ministry to make you into a spiritual leader. And now you go make other people spiritual leaders that can do the same things that we're doing together. How would someone even get started on something like that? I have a son of mine who's in the trades and their model of learning is this, go spend 5,600 hours with a master craftsman, watching how he does it, having him help you learn how to do it, him allowing you to do it and him giving you instructions. And at the end of that 5,600 hours, you can be a master craftsman too. And that's what Jesus did. That was the master craftsman of crafting leaders. So at the end of that apprenticeship process, they know they can do it because they actually did it. You know they do it because you actually saw them do it and they're ready to go. And if you did that, if every leader in a parish that was in any area of ministry uh, had an apprentice, you know, two years from now, that parish will have double the number of leaders that it did than before. It sounds like uh, much of what you're talking about is really creating a, a culture of leadership. It's not just about a thing we do. It's about a kind of a culture that we build. What you need to do in a parish is you're trying to increase the number of people who own the mission and vision of Jesus and the mission and vision of the parish. I remember two different distinct memories of my time as a pastor. One is when someone in your church comes up to you and says, Father, I can no longer do this ministry anymore, so I'm giving it back to you. Or, you know, when you ask someone to step up and they say, well, I'll do it for you. Don't do it for that's me. Right. That's that's yeah. not a good reason. So I think everyone who's worked in a church has experienced that. It's like, now what What do I do? I have to go out and try to find someone else to do this. Mm-hmm. The, the, the person has never really owned the ministry. They've been doing it as a favor. And then I think that's of right. the kind of experience we had in the latter years at the parish where people would come forward and say, I no longer feel called to lead this ministry or I'm no longer able to lead it because of a change in my life. But I've been mentoring mm. this person for the last two years. I'm confident in them. It's in good shape. Don't worry. Those are two very, very different experiences. One thing it points to is the importance of developing people's own talents and strengths, you know, and, and that's one thing that's really worked so well. And Brent, you bringing up the Gospels makes me think about Jesus doing that. Brent, you, you work with both uh, Catholic and non-Catholic uh, churches. Given that you get you, you have a foot in both worlds and, and your experience uh, crosses those worlds, could you, can you help me understand, what do you f- find in the Catholic world that is perhaps a little bit more unique or, or different than some of the things you might see in non-Catholic churches? The formation of priests, your spiritual leaders of congregations, done very differently. The lack, let's say, of apostolic evangelists, perhaps within the Catholic tradition, is more stark than some others. You have a lot of great shepherds within the Catholic tradition that do a really good job caring for their people. And oftentimes, however God's gifted you, you need complementary people around you. So if I was a priest that was mainly a shepherd, I'd be wanting to build a leadership team that had some people that were evangelists and apostolic great leaders that could come alongside me. I think it's a part of the the Christendom model of church that mission territory was seen to be 
in a faraway land. And so there was no one to reach. So what do you require of church leaders to shepherd the flock and to teach the flock? And so you had a focus on a therapeutic model of pastoral care, ministering the sacraments and preaching and teaching. This is what was required. We're still struggling with this core model. We continue to prepare ordained leaders in this model, but that church actually no longer exists. And I think what we need today is, you know, is to bring them together again. I, I think the challenge in the, in the Catholic tradition is that in the past, if you, were, if you had this kind of gifting, uh, you were probably more inclined to join what, what, one of the religious orders. Well, I mean, and I think in, in contemporary times, especially with the awakening of the vocation of the baptized, we see this in the movements. You know, So in the non-Catholic world, we speak of parachurch uh, organizations. But in the Catholic Church, it's these renewal movements, which, thanks be to God, have existed and flourished because that's where a lot of the new life has come into the church. Yeah. Whereas the parish system often has been moribund and because it's held in place with this, not just with leaders who are shepherd teachers, but a culture that rewards that and presumes it as well. And so it's yeah. been unable to break out. And certainly the, the passion of divine renovation as a ministry is not simply the, the renewal of the church as a whole, but principally the parish system. It's really created a connection too between what successive popes have been telling us about, the new evangelization, the most pressing need and yet it was never going to happen unless it was put in the hands of the laity. How do the laity fit into all of this? Isn't the model very much one where our laity are, are acting more as, frankly, consumers? How do we activate some of these leaders? How do we build a culture of leadership? Because we need to change people's understanding of what a spiritual leader is, the fact that there are, we're surrounded by spiritual leaders, awaken people to the idea that you're actually called to be a leader. I hope you enjoyed today's conversation. If you want to stay connected with Divine Renovation over these summer months, I encourage you to check us out on social media. Try following us on Facebook or even follow our Instagram account, which is the account name is Divine Renovation. Check us out there. And we look forward to connecting with you again next week for another summer short. <laughs>